0: Prince, IFBB Bikini Pro, and Gasberry Nutrition Spokesmodel, and you are listening to the UCW Radio Show, In Your Face. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio, In Your Face. Give it to me, baby.
1: All right, welcome to the UCW Radio Show and to this special edition of the show. Our focus today is bringing attention to animal rescue and to an awesome initiative that's raising awareness and donations to such uh, a great cause in Angel City Pits. That's a Los Angeles-based pit bull rescue organization Creating a shoestring budget by love and is all bound by love, and that's how they do it. And that's why our special guests that we're going to be bringing on are doing what they do. We have comedian Rebecca Cory and we have actress Stephanie Lemlin on the show. Welcome, guys.
0: Thank Hi. you for having us. Hi.
1: Yeah, thank you guys for coming. Oh my my God! And Rebecca, woof, forget yeah. about it. You know you have a lot of things going on. Okay, and I want to thank you especially for taking time out to come on the show, because ironically, this is happening right before you're going to perform live on stage in about an hour or so. So welcome to the show. I just
0: landed. I just landed, but there's always time to talk about Pibbles, because you know how I love them. And I have Angel here right now, and she's staring me down. Uh, (laughs) She's kind of pissed this isn't on Skype. She's very pissed for not Skyping this.
1: Uh, well, yeah, she, she's, uh, she wants all that attention. She's an attention hound. I know. <laughs> no pun intended. I know, dude. Oh.
2: Very cute right, play t- on words. I've got two yeah. pit bulls here as
0: well, Bruce Lee and Stanley. They say hi to Angel.
1: Uh, oh, great. I
0: love them both. They're delicious. <laughs>
1: well, I, I I used to have pit bulls myself, but they, uh, they passed a few years back, so I'm right in the same realm with you guys with loving – uh pit bulls and just being an animal lover uh within itself um and, now, well you well, do a
0: lot of great work for stopping dog fighting and and bringing awareness to it and and I really appreciate you supporting stand up for pits too because uh you know it's something that i've i've you know i I thought about doing a long time ago about three years ago, and I actually pitched it as a show to animal planet and and they passed but i was i decided to start doing live events combining comedy with um with animal rescue and specifically mm-hmm. pit bulls. And I met Steph and I met Stephanie a couple of years ago, I think at a, at an animal event in Los Angeles. And I just love um, their group. Animal, animal rescuers are, are a breed of their own sort of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and I like, um, you know, I I I really make it my goal to um, to help the ones who are, you know, grassroots that have small amount of dogs but do really great work, and mm-hmm. and um, every one of their dogs they take a lot of pride in, and I'm I'm really happy to be supporting them, and I'm committed to supporting them too. I I want to raise money for them every year because I think that well, what they, they are do is very the great
2: grateful thing. to have Rebecca's attention and yours as well, and thank yeah. you so much for you know, promoting to your public all about our group. Um, We really appreciate all the attention, and we relish in the opportunity to give education to people who might have any misinformed opinions. Uh, We have a great website that talks all about pit bulls and pit bull-type dogs. And like you guys, we're animal lovers in general and pit bulls are just one type of dog out there, but we absolutely love them the most, and we want to meet them and see them as individuals and who they are, and not discriminate.
1: Well, I have to correct you on one thing. I have to correct you on one thing, Steph. Okay, What's you that? don't have to, you don't have to thank me. I have to thank you for doing what you do because what you, I mean, you you don't have to do this. You don't have to go out. And try to you know rescue these pit bulls. You don't have to. No one has to do it. Same way Michael Vick didn't have to go and do that to these dogs. And that's another Aww. story within itself. Okay, but you do this because I know that Angel City Pits, as is I said earlier, is, is bound by love. You you do it because you have a passion or a love. Rebecca does what she needs to do to help you guys because she has that same passion and love and you know and that's what we're doing here so what we're going to do we're going to you guys going to let our listeners know what's going on with Angel City pitch what's going on with the event and let let's tackle some some misconceptions uh as it relates to pit bulls and I, I really want to know about the the rescue portion of what you guys do
0: sure and I would like to Go say ahead, Seth, you tell brought about, up- Angel tell them about Angel City tell about Angel City
2: well, yeah, I would love to tell you about Angel City, and I also wanted to mention you brought up Michael Vick, which is always a touchy subject, but I do look back, um, for me personally, my dad was a professional athlete, so I was raised with an NHL you know, star in my household. He played 19 years, and we had a lot of attention thrown our way um, growing up, and it was interesting because it was second nature for me to think that anyone who was a celebrity would use that for good and to promote charities, and so... To be a child of a professional athlete and then to see what he did with his fame and fortune was, in many ways, um, the one positive thing to come out of that is it brought a lot of attention to the problem of what people Mm -hmm. are doing to the dogs. And at the end of the day, I'm really grateful that the public responded by seeing these dogs as victims and um, really came in and supported the Lost Dogs is a great book. If anyone's out there that wants to read it, um, Jim Grant wrote from Sports Illustrated And it really goes into the many, many levels and how deep that situation was. And I'm so grateful for groups like, you know, the group out of San Francisco, Bad Rap, they rehabilitated so many of those dogs and also best friends and paved the way for groups like ours, which is just one of many, you know, grassroots groups out there. Um, And when you said we don't have to do this, I feel like anyone who's ever loved a pit bull-type dog We do have to do it because it's fascinating to me when we're walking down the street and our dogs are our pets. They're beloved. They live with our kids. They live, you know, in our homes. Many of them sleep in our beds. They're our babies. And I'm always fascinated when someone will literally run to the other side of the street and say, oh, my God, and, like, pick up their kid or their dog and run away. And and I, I try to look at all those opportunities as teaching moments, and I invite people to come up and meet our dogs and just to remember that they're animals but they're when they're happy healthy temperament correct and raised in loving homes with responsible parents they're fantastic pets and companions so and a lot of our dogs by the way are actually therapy dogs as well um we have a group through Angel City Pitbulls that um has been working to train them to go to help with kids who have learning disabilities or to go into hospitals and you know, just not only are they being great dogs, but they're spreading the word underhandedly about how good pit bulls can be.
3: Well, yeah, and I got myself one. I got, myself,
0: one. I, uh, I I got, I got myself a what? Is an angel therapy dog? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she just she, she just she just flew um oh, today on an airplane and was kind of a hit as usual on the plane. But I mean, I have myself a, a pit bull that was from the streets of South Central that was you know basically mutilated and tortured. You know her story, Lou, and and oh yeah, and for five years. And and now she is um she is the inspiration for Stand Up for Pits. It's now this is its second year in Los Angeles, and we did a sold out show in Seattle, and now we have um DC is confirmed, and then we're and Austin and Philadelphia are pending. So it's continuing to grow. This event is growing. I'm building a website, and um, I'm gonna keep you know donations going. Not just for the the not just at the event, but hopefully all year round through merchandise and and um and products that we're working on. I have this book that I want to do for the, the event and everything. So you know, I I. I don't do what Stephanie does. I don't do what Angel City Pits does. I have rescued and I have went to people's doors and confronted them and taken their dogs and, you know, or bought their dogs or threatened to whatever and, um, and have placed them in whatever. But I'm, I don't really have the means for doing that. You know, I don't have a big area where I can board and train and do all the work that these rescues do. So mm-hmm. what I like to do and what I'm committed to doing is raising awareness, on a social level, um, as well as uh, raising money, because I just find it's that that's so important. That's
2: so important. What's that? It's just so important what you do, and that's so helpful overall.
0: Well, I think it's a it's a nice feeling to be able to, you know, it is a ton of work, but at the end of it all, to be able to go, wow, that night was really worth it, and it, a lot a lot of good can come from all that work for one night. It's pretty awesome. So. It's definitely worth it, but I'm, I, I come at it from, like, a social standpoint. I think that, like, in my opinion, I know I've spoke to you about this before, Lou, too, that, you know, I just feel like that the treatment of these dogs is a social issue. I mean, it's absolutely an ethical treatment of animals issue. There's no doubt about it. However, there is a problem going on that needs to be looked at even deeper. I feel like, the, you know, the treatment of pimples is a symptom of a bunch of broken people, and I feel like the only way that, that there is going to truly be a change, there's two ways. One is spaying and neutering, period. And the other one is education. Now I'm I have a, I get really angry about the mistreatment of these dogs and when people are running and acting like acting a fool and and have absolutely no intention of learning about this dog and just judging and whatever. But that's not going to solve anything. I think that like these people just don't know. And a lot of them have been raised in families where they're not taught to treat animals with respect. Maybe they right. haven't been treated with respect. Maybe they're broken. Maybe they've been abused. And as a result, they're doing this to, to the animals. And That's it right. always comes back. I, You know, I, I always go back to, like, parenting. Like, where are the parents of the inner-city children in south-central Los Angeles that are lighting pit bulls on fire? Where are those parents? And what has happened to those children?
1: Well, they're, they're probably... I mean, they're, they're, they're... The, the, you know, you if you can hurt an animal, you can uh-huh. hurt an animal. I mean, that trickles down to you hurting a child, a woman, the elderly. That's what I'm saying. And, and where does it stop? It doesn't stop. It's no. you know, and that's and, and then people look at pit bulls, okay? And the reality is, I don't care what type of animal. You can mistreat a lizard, and you can make it vicious if you want it to be, okay? Because yeah. as long as they can be trained to be such a thing. Like you can train a Chihuahua to be good or just be mean. Okay, it all depends on on the environment, and and that's a big thing. That's why when people you know they get they get scared when they see a pit bull. You know they're saying, well, how how were they trained? But then again, it can be a, it can be any dog that that's uh, trained the wrong way.
3: Yeah, yeah I think we exactly.
2: need to use common sense when it comes to animals, and like everything in life. I think, not to judge a book by its cover. And what what's scary about these judgments, unfortunately, is that they turn into laws. And that's where it gets a little scary. You know, we've got people saying we want to ban pit bulls in Pasadena, which is a town right now to where I live. And that, that blew my mind. It's a, you know, we're a progressive West Coast city. And I'm looking at that like, are you joking me if you would just come into my house because you passed a law based on ignorance and fear and rip my family members? away from me, my, one of my dogs, I've had 10 years, and he's, you know, like I said, sleeps in our bed and goes everywhere with mm-hmm. us, so,
0: um, and it's just a beautiful I invited that councilman to our, our event, Steph.
2: Right, and that's, and exactly, and I have his name and number, If I, I don't know if we should put it up there, but I did ask all of my friends and family to write letters in, and, and again, we try very hard not to confront them and not to make it, you know, if we can hostile, but instead invite them to meet the dogs mm-hmm. and make it 3D but- for them and show them, you know, like how they can be great pets and how, you know, what a happy dog looks like and a healthy dog. And, you know, instead attacking the problem where it starts, which is like you said, with spaying and neutering and in the cities mm-hmm. and areas where um, high abuse happens and mistreatment. Yes. And that's, by the way, it does extend to many different breeds of dogs, but unfortunately, there is a bit of a a sad a status like symbol about doing this to this type of dog it's a It's a myth that's kind of grown way too big with people like Mivic and whatnot bringing that kind of attention and so that makes it just that much worse for this particular type of Not. dog. They are you know in general the most common breed. And, by the way, there are a lot of them are mutts, and they're mixed with pit, and they get lab- mislabeled pit, and they're not. Um, many people don't know a typical pit bull, like a true American pit bull, is supposed to be between 35 and 55 pounds. So they'll say, they'll read a news report that's blown out of proportion, this 120-pound dog, blah, blah, And <laughs> anyone who knows a pit bull knows that it wasn't even a pit bull. Like, so, I know. You know. So much misinformation out there and confusion and that just leads to more of this hysteria, and then when it turns into laws, that's where
0: it gets really, really scary, and they're the wrong it's really It is really scary. I agree with you, and I think that it's getting out of control. These laws, just, they're literally just taking a symptom. They're wanting to ban a symptom instead of facing a problem. And the symptom is a bunch of unwanted dogs that are being violently abused. Well, we've got to figure out who's doing that, why, and stop it.
4: That's yeah, really what yeah. needs
0: to be focused on. Instead, they just want to get rid of the briefs. Two things, two stories just came out recently that were just absolutely mind-blowing. I'm going to say them because, I, they, well, they were national news anyways. I don't know if you guys heard about them. But there was one that was um, Halloween is considered National Kill a Pitbull Day. Oh, I didn't and there's, you're, you're did Did you hear about that? No. No, I'm not. National no. Kill a Pitbull Day. So I can't remember in what county it was, but they were saying that, that um, they're all of the dogs. They're not adopting any dogs out for the month of October because because they're afraid of what could happen to them. Oh man, that's so far that, that,
1: that's, from sick. that's sick. From that's my that's reality, really and sick.
2: it's So shocking and disturbing yeah. to hear something like that. I will say on what Angel City Pets tries to do, our group, um, it's really important to us to try and do the exact opposite of. Stories like that, and we're trying very hard to saturate the media
0: airwaves with positive stories, and that is just
3: mm-hmm.
0: a horrible story. Yeah, yeah but it's and, also something that needs to be, like, and also trunking that that new thing that's going around. Also, having knowledge of what's going on and the gravity of this situation, instead of just hearing the, the mainstream media stories about kids apparently getting mauled and this person got killed by a pit bull, there's also, like, groups that are, like, literally gatherings to try to hurt these dogs. This has to be this has to be acknowledged and and stopped, you know, and trunking and now where they're putting two pistols in the trunk of a car and driving around and whichever one lives wins. I mean, this is a major problem. I mean it's out of control. And again, I always go back to I hate these stories. I don't post them. I don't post pictures of dogs that I don't I can't handle that stuff. But I do think awareness is super important and knowing what's going on and actual, the actual, like, effort that's going in to destroy this breed. Right. Mm-hmm. People need to know them. People are actually, people like, are, like, on the fence about pit bulls or not necessarily educated about them. They're sometimes just as shocked. When I when I fly Angel on planes and, and I tell them what's going on with pit bulls and, you know, stories like that, National Kill pit Pitbull Day or Trunking or whatever's going on, they're just as shocked. They're like, really? People are really willing to do that? And it's like, yeah. And in a way, it kind of enlightens them. It's like, well, why why are they being singled out? Like, what is, why is it just this breed? I mean, yes, it happens to other dogs, too, but. Do do you know why,
1: Rebecca, because it's if you study
0: the history that, unfortunately, there are different,
1: like,
2: periods during um, our country's history, anyway, where there was a time where everyone hated bloodhounds, or they hated Dobermans, or they hated Rottweilers. Unfortunately, this is like the time of where they're hating pit bulls. But I think part of why this is so much worse in my opinion. Um yeah.
3: is because why
2: pit bulls are so mixed, so it's like a b- even bigger umbrella that's being placed over so many dogs. So
0: uh, mm. you, know, you can really tell like what a Doberman looks like. <laughs> and you've got you mean your- under the umbrella you mean you're saying uh, they're all being lumped into under the umbrella of a quote unquote bully breed? Why there's more
2: maybe being affected all at once. Like, it's because it's mm. so hard for people to determine um, what is a pit bull. People have these very, very uh, varied opinions and ideas. But I'm not saying that um, that's the only reason why. I mean, there's so many levels to it. I think right now, like I said, it's cool for people that are uneducated and probably have had a rough upbringing in many ways in their minds to abuse. So, so foreign for my brain to even imagine this, but for them to want to abuse and do the things that you're describing. And then you have the other coin, which is the good people out there that are so afraid that they're willing to just let them die and get rid of them and not see them as victims. Like what I was saying before.
0: Mm So um, yeah, that's why those stories are, are important for some people to hear because then they understand and grasp onto, I do understand, you know, my first dog was a German shepherd and I used to still get this fear. You know, people would go, Oh, that's it." you know, I had her for 11 and a half years and people were, were very scared of her. I got her, you know, 20 years ago and I dealt with it, but this is a completely different yeah. level. It's like what you were saying stuff. It's like when they see you with a pit bull walking down the street, they bolt, they run, they move. They like, it is like this visceral Sometimes, you know, I walk through airports. I travel with Angel I've been traveling with them for four and a half years. We've been all over the country, everywhere, in all different states, southern states, east coast, west coast, and people have crazy, visceral reactions to pitfalls. Which is crazy. why been-
2: Rebecca's really funny to watch in person at her shows because, like, all good comedians, she takes these really intense, horrible things and turns them into hilarious stories on stage which we appreciate because sometimes you need to bring a little brevity to the situation because it is so awful on, on some levels. But I do tell people when they adopt a dog from us very often, well, a lot of us do, but it is it is funny when you adopt a pit bull-type dog. Um, I don't find when you're walking your dog that people are indifferent. They, I've actually had people run across the street towards my dog just to be like, oh, my oh, God, yeah. I have a pit. They're the yeah. best dogs. are
0: so you know, misunderstand yes. they want
2: to like pet my dog and then you have the opposite reaction but
0: people aren't yes. indifferent about it. No, it's black and white and that's why the yeah. ones are the ones that we need to reach, you know, some like how um presidents are trying to reach the people that are on the on the fence. We need to reach the people who aren't necessarily educated and let them know both sides. Let them know about the dogs and meet them and also hear about how they're being victimized and say, you know, we gotta stop this. Don't just stand yeah, and by and that's like, like I love inviting everybody to stand up for pits because lots of people that come to stand up for pits are not, pit they're not even pit owners, right. but they're coming because they, they've met Angel, they, you know, they, they, they love animals and they're, you know, they're always so excited when they come to the dog adoption and the feedback has been so great when they see the dogs and they're like, oh my God, they're so amazing. And so many people, so many of just my friends, I'm sure the same with you, Seth, that they adopted pit bulls and never even thought about doing it until they met you or your dog and, and heard about them, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Just, I
2: even remember my dad, <laughs> I love this story, but when we first got Bruce Lee and he was like, oh, this dog's great. Oh, wow, he's he's just so great. Look how calm he is. He, he really listens. He's like petting him. And then he looks up, he goes, are you sure this is a pit bull? I don't think <laughs> this is a pit bull. And we're like, Yeah
3: <laughs> but, like, suddenly you love
2: the dog and you want to change what it is. But now he's, you know, converted and understands. And it's not converted. It's more about educated, I guess. Would be. The, and That's I'm not it. saying pit bull-type dogs are for everyone. You know, I believe everyone's an individual. I have no problem with someone who wants to own a different type of dog. I just – I would never presume to go into someone else's house and – tell them about their dog and why they shouldn't have it and why they shouldn't do this and try to ban it. And I'm just shocked. Well, no,
0: but that that's a, that's a good at us. point that you're bringing up, though. Like, you're saying, because pit bulls are hyper, smart. They're part of the ter- their terriers. They're incredibly smart. They're loyal. They're hyper. They're strong-willed. And they love hard, and they play hard. And you've got to be a responsible owner. There's no question yeah, mean, about it.
2: You can't some, just- are not, some are not hyper. Although, we have some really mellow dogs too. Again, I think, you know, what we get our dogs like, um so Angel City Pitbulls gets we go into the shelters here in Los Angeles, of which there are many. There's city shelters, there are county shelters, and there's humane societies here and everybody's full to the gr- to the brim with dogs, unfortunately. We have a huge overpopulation of pets here and um and you know, we look specifically for pits, and it's not hard to find these type dogs, and we do evaluations on them, and we do like a 45-minute usually type evaluation um, just to really get an idea of their personality and their temperament, and it helps us, obviously, to know what foster home that they'll be best placed in. Our dogs don't go to a facility or a boarding um, place. I mean, sometimes they might if the foster parent's out of town or something, or they need socialization, but we really know basically how much work it's going to take, and Unfortunately, there's so many dogs that we can often just find A-plus temperament dogs, but we meet a lot that are really mellow. And granted, there a lot of them are mixed with different things, and, and we meet some that are really active and amazing agility champs. I mean, we've got all types. So we encourage people when they're looking to adopt a dog to go to adoptions, to go to shelters, to really meet the animals, and also to really think about what they want in their life. Do they want a hiking partner? Do they want... You know, a cuddle bug. I will say with, with pits, the one general common trait, um, and this is what I love about them, they are really childlike, and they want to be around you all the time. They're not that independent dog that wants to sit outside by itself all day, you know? And this is what I love about them. They're really emotional and sensitive, and they want to be with you. But, yeah, their energy levels shift from dog to dog. But
0: Angel City Pits doesn't just take only um, adopt, like you guys take dogs that need work and are troubled and stuff, you right? do.
2: And we have them for yeah. a much longer time, um yeah, you know, like my little man Disney we've had for like ten months at this point, but um you know, and then we have had Nemo for two years i mean i'm now I'm just talking about random dogs that you don't know, but on our website, we feature all of them, they're on Facebook and Twitter, and we like try to include everyone in their stories because it is mm-hmm. its all part of the the ups and downs of rescue, and then we have dogs that we have for like two minutes, and they're adopted, and then you know some yeah. we have for a long time, so.
0: It all depends, yeah. and
2: we're always very grateful when a family comes to us and they want that story, they want the journey, they want to be a part of rehabilitating and working with the dog.
0: I wish yeah. there were more
2: people out there, but like that. But um, and if they are out there and they haven't found their dog yet, please do go to our website and contact us. Of course. Yeah,
0: or if you're in Los Angeles, come to the event. And the show is hosted by Kaylee Cuoco um, oh, from The Big Bang, Bang Theory, absolutely the amazing. What yeah. that? Well, it was- Oh, sorry, we're all talking about. Um, we're all talking about it's
1: like, like a party line. We have a party line here. Yeah, oh, we have a party line. Well, I just it's... wanted
0: to let me just throw out the names really quick. Kaylee right. um, I got to do the first stand up for Pitts in LA last year because um, they had a little bit of fallout. And um, she turns out, huge, huge pit lover advocate. And. Um, and uh, said to me after the show, you know, I I will do whatever it takes to help you, you know, if you want to keep doing this event. And I said, that's so awesome. And so um, I contacted her manager again this year, and she was like, I'm absolutely excited to do it and will do it. And then I got um, Brody Stevens, Eddie Pepitone, and Rob Delaney are also on the show, and they are absolutely hilarious. And um, they're going to be there. And then um, Monica Hoover from Rescue Cards is going to be there too, taking pictures and also doing um, the red carpet. And uh, it's just really exciting, and the feedback's been amazing, and ticket sales are pretty good. We still need – there's still tickets uh, available, though, so people need to get on it. And then there's a dog adoption dog from 4 to 7. To lot, um, beforehand yeah, so, right
2: next door, which is a great opportunity yep. Um and silent auction items. And then after an event like that, you just go into this awesome theater – and watch people and laugh. I mean, it's, like, such a great night.
0: I know. Oh, and there's beer. Yeah.
1: Huh.
0: Right. There's, hey, Rebe- there's beer.
1: Rebecca, do you, you're going to have Angel in the kissing booth, right?
0: <laughs> yes, actually, that's <laughs> correct. Angel City is building in, uh, a kissing booth for Angel, and it's going to oh. be kiss an Angel for a dollar. And if she gets tired, you know, because... Kissing takes a lot of energy. There's plenty of other dogs that are willing to give kisses for a buck. And then um, Angel will make her debut at the end of the, the show, and we have a, a signed harmonica from Alanis Morissette and a uh, signed a little special gift from Fiona Apple that are going to be raffled off um, oh. at the end of the night. And then Angel makes her debut and tries to eat everyone's nachos. And-
1: <laughs> and then I, and I do, and I, I do urge any of the listeners uh, that are in LA, even if you're not in LA, if you can get to it. But if you're in LA, go to go to see the show, stand up the pits, go there, show your support. If you're an animal lover, just go out there because uh, yeah. you know Rebecca Corey, she's doing something great. Angel City Pits, they're doing something amazing because they're yeah. not, they don't have a shelter. They're actually going out there and yep. rescuing these animals. From place to place to place to place, and Steph, I wanted to ask you something. Okay, yeah. now I mean, you guys are rescuing the uh, the pit bulls um, from from the shelters, you know. And and you know, if you don't rescue them, they're going to put them to sleep. So you're doing a fantastic thing. Now you have people that go to pet shops and so on and so forth, and, and they they go and they buy uh, little puppies, and a lot of these puppies are from puppy mills, and that's something I'm going to cover in the next segment. But you know, it's it's a lot better to actually go through an organization like yours to to get your your next pet. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, actually I'd like to just um say say three things to what you just said. The first is while we say rescue, um you say we we're rescuing from the shelters. I always feel kind of sad about that wording because and I I get where it comes from, but The shelters are full of these wonderful employees that put up with really what I consider some of the hardest jobs in in the world. I mean, especially if you're an animal lover. And many of the people that work there, they love animals. That's why they got involved. And it's not like anyone there wants to put these animals to sleep. It's horrible. I think, you know, we're rescuing them from the situation that they're in which is really funded by us, the taxpayers, and us and anyone in our in our cities that decides to turn a blind eye and not care about these issues, um, which, you know, I feel like we'd have just as many stray dogs and cats on the streets as some third world countries because we, we just don't see them. They're just rounded up and pulled into a, a back room and, you know, euthanized. And so it, just to keep in mind that this is a problem that we've created, like we the citizens with irresponsibility, and then... You know, now there's, these shelters are overwhelmed. I mean, they might have 200 slots and they have 384 dogs. And, you know, especially like holidays such as July 4th or when there's fireworks and dogs get out, you know, that's when the most animals are put to sleep every year and people don't know that. And so what happens is they have to make room. And the dogs that are not adopted very often because of a lot of stereotypes and whatnot may be pit bulls, so they are often on the first... Um, of the dogs to be, so it it's kind of it all kind of trickles and everything works together, and yeah. when the shelter workers have great pitfalls and they they start to stress out, they really know their dogs Is, there and is, is, is,
1: is that is that Bruce Lee? Is, is that Bruce Lee?
2: Oh, making that is noise? That, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, am no, I going it's in angel?
1: Now? It's angel. Okay, it's I'm
0: angel. I'm telling angel angel.
1: Yeah, she's a troublemaker. She's definitely a troublemaker. I know her. Um, but yeah, just, it reminds just, me when uh, little
2: kids don't want their mom on the phone. I know, but yeah. it's like so. At the end of the day, the the shelter groups will get stressed out, and they'll, you know, they'll put out the word to all the rescue groups, and that's when we try to put out the word to our people. Like, can you take another foster dog? Can you take this, Et cetera? And we'll go in and take who we can. And there's so many other groups that, like Best Friends, for instance, that I love, that you know have taken so many dogs out of the shelters as well. But at the end of the day. You're right. There's a huge problem with people not going straight to the shelter to adopt dogs. Or if they want to go to a rescue group, what we have that's kind of neat is that our dogs aren't coming from a uh, kennel or a cage. They're coming from foster homes, so we really know them. Like, if you adopted a dog that has been living with me for five months, I can tell you everything about that dog. I can
0: tell you what he's afraid of, what he likes to eat, if he has allergies, like – you know, for instance, some that's dogs. A, that's the positive. A lot of people are like, "Well, I just want to go to the pound, but I don't know what I'm going to get." And it's kind of like, you don't. That's why you should go to groups like Angel City Pits, and right. if you're really to the not aware. Area. That's right. Yeah. That's- and then the last thing with the with the buying of
2: dogs, I don't find that um, that there's a lot of puppy mills making pit bulls. Gratefully, however, the sad truth is there's a lot of backyard breeders doing it. and oh, um so funny. And just to give you one little story that I found really interesting uh, working
1: okay.
0: in a rougher. And we're, it, we, and
1: sorry. we're just going to, to be a little quick with that, Steph, because we only okay, have I'll be brief. Another, okay. Um,
0: and I also, so before, this before you tell it, Steph, wait, before you tell it really quick, Um, I do want you to tell people before we go what Angel City Tips needs most right now, whether it be fosters or donations or both or and, what, and how people can do that. But so go ahead. Well, okay. So,
2: quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, no, yeah. I just found it interesting. This one person who was a backyard breeder uh, basically uh, told me that he was breeding, um, he had a litter of puppies and there were only two blue pit bulls in the puppies and then the rest were all mixed color. So, he he kept the brother and the sister because he really wanted blue puppies and then he bred them. And that was just fascinating to me to hear because he knew nothing about genetics. He knew nothing that you you have a much higher chance of breeding now of uh, you know, not temperament correct dog that may be mental because you're breeding a brother and sister. And so, like, this is where it starts getting really crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not trying to knock, like, when breeding started, I'm sure people had the best of intentions. But at this point, I don't see a need to breed when there are so many dying in our shelter. So I'm not the, saying that breeders are horrible, horrible people, but obviously you have to but do they, it but smartly. They,
1: but they need to do it smart. Now, and just do me a favor, Steph, just uh, give out the website, give out your yep. Twitter. So, our listeners can reach out to you guys because we have to go to break.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And obviously, if you have any questions or you want to learn more or you want to help spread the good word, we're at angelcitypits, P I T S dot org. And we're also um, at angelcitypits on Twitter. I'm at Steffi Lems on Twitter, and I will help anyone who's having any issues getting on there or finding it. And then um, we have a Facebook page, which is Angel City Pit Bulls. We are on actually a couple episodes of you know, Shorty Rossi show on Animal Planet. Like, we've got a lot of different things, and we're going to be at Stand Up for Pits, which is on Rebecca's page as well. So we really appreciate it. And what we need the most, I would say – Donations are helpful, absolutely, always, if you can't, you know, come out in person. But we really need foster families. We need people to join our efforts. And um, if you can't donate money and you can't foster, then you can share our page. And even if you aren't in L.A. and you're listening right now, I'm sure you have a friend, a cousin, or someone you know that lives in L.A. You can send them the link. You can tell them about our event. So,
0: you know, That's just great. And they can word. also find me at, at the Rebecca and Corey. And then and I can also and Corey the on on Twitter. Example, yeah. Yeah, at, yep.
1: the, at the, the Rebecca Corey on Twitter. Rebecca go to Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca RebeccaCorey.com. Find out about Stand Up for Pits. So if you're in LA, November 4th, go down there. Go support a uh, great cause, great event. And, uh, guys, thank you for coming on the show. And we're going to have you, you back on in the future. Uh, Rebecca, have, yeah. uh, have a great time tonight. You're going on stage in a half hour. Enjoy. And thank you again.
0: Thank, thank you, you so Steph. much. Okay. Thank you.
4: You're listening okay. to UCW Radio. In your
0: face. I like their size.
5: I love their texture. Their
3: shape. Feel. They complete me.
5: Big, small, it doesn't matter.
3: Yes, I like boobies.
1: Love boobies. Yes, I love boobies.
3: Yes, I love boobies.
0: <laughs> I love boobs.
5: Most of us know someone who's been affected by breast cancer.
0: My
2: friend. My piano teacher. My sister. My aunt.
5: My teacher. My two aunts. My aunt,
2: sweet
0: I beat breast cancer.
5: We can beat this together.
2: Show the world how much you care.
5: And, and join us in the fight. Because it's more than just boobs, it's life. It's my great honor to present Cheng Guang Chun for this Human Rights Award. Ladies and gentlemen, Cheng wa I have not been officially trained in the law, but one doesn't need to go to a special school to understand justice. Hello? No one with a conscience can stand by when innocent people are bullied and beaten till they bleed. That's why those called barefoot lawyers got a hands on law books and passed them battered from use from person to person. We studied the rules so we could play by them, even while Chinese authorities ignore them. As I learn about the law in America, it is clear that Western lawyers operate on the notion that speaking up makes a positive difference. As you say here, the squeaky wheel gets the grease.
4: Despite all that he inherited, President Obama did not repair our economy. He did not save Medicare and Social Security. He did not tame the spending and borrowing. He did not reach across the aisle to bring us together. Nor did he stand up to China's trade practices or deliver on his promise to remake our relations with the Muslim world where anti-American extremism is on the rise. What he inherited wasn't the only problem. What he did with what he inherited made the problem worse. In just four short years, he borrowed $6 trillion nearly, adding almost as much debt held by the public as all prior American presidents combined. Today we received, by the way, the latest round of discouraging economic news. Last quarter, our economy grew at just 2%. After the stimulus was passed, the White House promised that the economy would now be growing at 4.3%, over twice as fast. Slow economic growth means slow job growth. ...and declining take-home pay. That's what four years of President Obama's policies have produced.
3: Dog's Last Chance, also known as Last Chance for Animals, conducts undercover investigations into the nation's most notorious dog dealers and puppy mills. Here's a baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. You can do it. I love my baby. Okay. A Special Investigations Unit, or SIU, gathers undercover footage and documentation which is used to prosecute perpetrators... And help get animal-friendly legislation passed the SIU's undercover investigations into Class B dealers known for stealing pets and selling them to research facilities resulted in the first felony conviction in US history for an animal-related crime first permanent revocation of a Class B dealer license and the largest fine ever imposed on a Class B dealer. LCA's work is only possible through the generous support of people like you. Your donation will help keep LCA's investigators in the field. Hey, how are you doing? How are you, sir? Hi. Sia here, the better half of the
6: Barbie twins. Uh, Shane and I are here today protesting the pet shops because pet shops and internet are the ones I buy from puppy mills. And puppy mills are bad news. You don't want to ever get a puppy from a pet shop or the internet, because the puppy mills mass produce these poor little dogs day and night, year round, heat, cold, it doesn't matter. They're outside in small cages treated like property. Uh, They don't have names. They have numbers. They don't care if they're dying, malnutrition. They just mass produce until they get enough puppies to put in each of these pet stores or the Internet. And these puppies end up sick because they're interbred with each other. Uh, They're malnutrition. You will end up with tons and tons of vet bills all the way. So please do your part. You can write your lawmakers, state and federal, to ban puppy mills. You can give information out to everyone to ban puppy mills by protesting pet shops that get these puppies. And about 99% of pet shops do, regardless of what they say, get their puppies from puppy mills. So it's a no-no on pet shops and Internet.
0: You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face.
1: All right, welcome back to the UCW Radio Show and to our special edition of the show. Uh, we spoke with comedian and actress Rebecca Corey, uh, actress uh, Stephanie Lemlin uh, of Angel City uh, Pitts, and uh, it was it was a great conversation. Uh, now we're going to dig deeper into the world of animal rescue and uh, activism, uh, even with the misconceptions that are out there. Our next guest, they are beyond amazing people, the first I, I, would, I would consider them being legends in the world of, of Playboy and, and entertainment uh, and heroes in the world of animal activism. Uh, they have been extremely vocal in their beliefs and have saved hundreds of animals by using their celebrity status to bring attention uh, to these causes. And our other uh, special guest is also an activist, and he's also a contributing editor to National Geographic. And with that said, please welcome... Our guests, none other than the Barbie Twins, Shane and Sia, as well as Jordan Scholl. Welcome, Hi. guys. Thank, Thank you very Thank
6: much you very for much. having us on the show. Yeah, um, I, I think we're we've entered into a movement where we have to kind of debunk all these theories that are not working because insanity is repeating the same thing over and over and expecting mm-hmm. different results. Um, mm-hmm. No one has ever, ever shown me or other people any staff to show this status quo that there's too many uh, pets and not enough owners. Not true. I saw during Katrina Rescue that the regular average person, and we do all kinds of rescue during the Malibu fires and everything, I was shocked how the average person that didn't know anything about rescue wanted to get involved. So I wanted to go back to the drawing board and see where the problem is, why the system is so broken, why can we say that we're killing so much in pet overpopulation, yet at the other instance we say that there's a booming business of puppy mills and breeders. I mean it, that doesn't match. I mean someone here is 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 not coming up with the right numbers. The the truth is is just like with the horses. Um, the more we kill the bigger the window for breeders and puppy mills. So we've got to stop the killing. And I don't like to use the word to put to sleep. That's ridiculous. We are killing them in the shelters, and people need to go to the bump roof to see that. But unlike most people, I believe that people, I've seen it myself during Katrina Rescue and Malibu fires and all that, have a heart. We saw it during the Luca Magneta uh kitten killer. Everybody wanted the average, I would never underestimate the average person that wants to help. I even had a Holocaust, yeah, a Holocaust survivor that was scared to death of German shepherds because of what he went through. He was a survivor, and uh, but he wanted to help out with the animals during Katrina. And I just thought that was so outrageous how everybody... Want to help, but there's a huge gap between the people who want to help and rescuers, God bless them, but they're in this trance, like in a broken record where they have, you know, they're dictated by this too many pets and not enough and this obligation of literally putting their principle of the right to an animal to live behind and condoning death. I don't. I embrace life. I came mm-hmm. into this movement as a rescuer as an animal rights person and I believe just like with people that in in countries where they're overpopulated and um where they're sick we don't kill people we don't certainly need to not kill dogs and cats. We need to mm-hmm. take that off the table and not make it an option because it will be amazing how creative we are. Now one thing I will go back to is i don't I will make a bet because that woman seems so sweet that rescues pits that she is mm-hmm. in a far different world than people who work at the shelter. I can oh, never who, who Who? are you talking about the last person that was on the radio that was uh oh Stephanie I'm
3: sorry for okay. uh
6: that was on the radio who did um Pit Bulls which I I love her for because they have such a bad stigma. As an ex-horse trainer and an uh, ex-dog trainer, we've learned with herd animals to never go by the breed. It gives you a clue of what they've done. Breed-specific legislation, BSL. Yeah, uh, BSL, breed-specific legislation. Legislation. We're doing a documentary about Lennox, and the whole symbolic message that people keep losing is not that we're fighting for the underdog that Pitbulls hated, it's that we shouldn't judge any species by a specific uh, breed or race. It's like judging a human being by discrimination It's discrimination. Being. It
3: certainly is. Right. It.
6: It's, like, it's like calling someone you know, by by their race rather than the uh, human species. An animal is a pack animal. They become exactly what you want. The breed will give you a clue to what they were bred for. But bottom line, every dog has a potential of being the best dog. I mean, they're phenomenal. If they can sniff out cancer, then we should never underestimate their potential. And they are the product of what we make them. Now, the problem about Americans is that we anthropomorphize them, and this is a word everybody should learn. We humanize them. We think dogs want to be humans, and they don't. And it's not just the dressing up. We give them words like they're, they have anxiety, they have this. They, we give them a personality. When a dog wants to be a dog, they respond to hierarchy. They want to, they well, want to be. Well, they're just, they're pack followers. They're pack That's followers. It. They do not want to be a leader. They make manic, reluctant leaders. So when you are not giving structure, boundaries, and limitations to these animals, they become manic and and they give. So, but people don't say that they didn't rehabilitate the dog. They give them a name like, oh, this dog is nervous. This dog, no, dogs are not people. They don't have. I mean, some will have you know, a little bit, in a pack of nine dogs, it will be a little bit more of an alpha dog. But mostly we should be the alpha dog and, you know, be the pack leader so that the animal relaxes, put the ears back, relaxes Yeah, but the bottom line here that we want to get to the point is that dogs are pack followers and people are pack leaders. There's no such thing as a bad dog. There's only a bad pack leader. It's, It's another lame excuse to kill. And it's, you know, and the, when we were growing up, it was Dobermans. It will always, there will always but be some we are the reason. only country that is killing like we are, and yet we spend more money on animal rescue and animal charities than anyone else. So we literally are profiting off the business of killing. So mm-hmm. until we can go back to the drawing board, I hold the killers responsible. And what is that? Government shelters. If the government shelters could take the local, the city, and the county, could actually take your taxes so it's our constitutional right to speak up and do the work what volunteers do for free. I've seen the poorest, sickest people on their deathbed do things for free, network, that mm-hmm. I don't see staff members do. And as long as my taxes is paying for government shelters, these are other organizations paying. are paying. They they wouldn't even exist if, mm-hmm. if it weren't for... Um, if, it, if, if these shelters did do their job. Now, one person I love that I really suggest everybody getting behind and just open up their mind is Nathan Winogran of No Kill Revolution, because he proves, and I, after being hands-on in shelter after shelter after shelter, I, I came to the conclusion before I read his book that something's broken, something's not working, we're killing more, uh, and this, nothing's working. So I came to the conclusion of what he did, that really that the, that these shelters could do more, be more creative, if they took the, uh, the option of killing off the table. But you know what everyone needs it. to do, too? They need to call up the organization that they back, and they need to ask you guys rescue. Because when I was in Katrina, I was shocked that the biggest animal organizations – don't believe in rescue. They believe in killing. No, they don't. They believe in killing and 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 saving. And average person doesn't know this. I see all these celebrities and regular people backing these huge organizations that don't rescue. They actually believe in killing dogs and cats. And on my deathbed, I will never back or condone killing. Ever. There is never a reason to kill an animal. I think there should be hospice, rehabilitation, Eighty percent of dogs are returned because of rehabilitation. So let's get the city to pay for dog
3: training.
6: Okay. Eighty percent of of shelter killings are cats. Let's do TNR. So going back to the puppy mills, they wouldn't even exist, just like horse breeders, if we got people to the shelters. Because you know what? People's ego love to rescue They yep. done, they There might be yep. some bad ones that dump, but if there was a sign at the shelter that said ninety percent chance your animal will not get adopted, and you could, why don't you watch how your dog's going to get killed or sold to bee dealers or whatever? The yep. you know, the thing is, th- those owners might think twice. Twice, but better maybe we'll find a better home because mm-hmm. instead of people searching on the internet for this booming business of puppy mills and kit mills. Because it is bigger than ever. People are getting rich off of this. Now, how can that be if we if we have too many animals that we're killing on the Internet? People would die. They were paying money for a Katrina rescue because their eagle likes to... Wait, wait. We're killing them on the Internet? No, we're killing them in these shelters. Yes, we are. So, yeah, you said we the Internet. We certainly are. The, the biggest killer of animals, unfortunately, to me, is the government. The government mm-hmm. uses its taxes to kill shelter pets and we can demand with our constitutional right as long as we're paying cat taxes to turn no kill. And if we okay, can let loose speak. Let Lou speak. no.
7: let Lou
1: speak. Yeah. But you, you know, you know the thing is, I mean I, I enjoy the conversation because you're giving a lot mm-hmm. of information and that's that's what you guys came on the show for, to give the information. I know uh you know uh, C and I was speaking earlier you know, when I had Chris DeRose on the show, you know, the Last Chance for Animals. I love him.
3: He started.
1: Yeah, yeah he, he's a sweetheart, you know, Brooklyn boy. And when when I had him on the show, <laughs> him and I were, you know, going over a lot of stuff about how he was raised and how he grew up and when he went to L.A., what he saw and then what he actually was doing. And, you know, he even got arrested for what he was doing. And, I mean, he held true to to his beliefs. And when he was tell, talking to me about the puppy mills and, Giving some reality to the situation, it's kind of it's kind of sad when. Oh yeah, you, no, no, no. The, yeah. The, the,
3: yeah.
1: I
6: mean, no one knows Chris Saroyan better than us. I mean, he started us in 1989, and then we became very close family friends. He's definitely the real deal, and to me, the best yeah. organization out there with the best investigators. Yes, he would show me these videos. That's what got me started, but I also got into animal rescue and hands-on. He was into animal rights. But lo and behold, he did team up with one of his shows with the dog whisperer. Something for yeah. some reason, rescuers hate uh, Caesar Milan. And Caesar Milan, he told me this, Chris DeRose. He said, "Wow, he has saved more pit bulls than most pit bull rescues. You know why? Because he'll take the most quote vicious dog and rehabilitate them. Meaning,
1: mm-hmm. it's
6: not the dog; it's the way that we rehabilitate them."
1: And, and if that doesn't from, prove something, but if that doesn't prove something, as you said earlier, it's not the dog; it's the owner. You, you train the owner to train the dog, and then you get you eliminate the problem. So it's about training the owner. Yeah. Yes,
6: well, I'm,
3: I'm
6: mean, telling you. Also goes so a dog can be a weapon, and people mm-hmm. you get so insulted. It's like as if you're talking about their kid when you talk about you know you need to train your animal. They get so offended. You know, as they should be, because you are really offending them. That they're not in the puppy it. state and, we, and domesticated, tame, which is not natural. So we have to constantly be the mom puppy. Um and, and you know, give them structure boundaries and limitations. When they slip out of that and they have no structure, like a two year old that's screaming in the market that has A D D, then they turn into predatorial nature, which is staring, talking, praying, grabbing, killing. And you wanna stop that. You wanna stop you wanna relax their eyes, their ears go back, they're just very they're more relaxed. I hate to use that word training because it's you know, I'm anti circus really animals. So- it's really called socializing them, yeah, or rehabilitation, putting them back to being a dog. It's like riding a bike, they remember, and it's you mm-hmm. can't they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, false, you can make an old an old dog back to being a dog because that's their nature
1: that you, do you guys think that the media plays a big role? and in, uh, in the perception that people no. have comes to animals? I think animals? The,
3: the, the
6: media... But wait, wait. The they, media so, well well, wait, wait. A, I want to say this. Two things on this. There's a lot of the big organizations, I didn't know this, that have an actual separate 501c3 just for right. press. So they are a monopoly in their... So while I was down in Katrina, I saw a lot of fluff pieces on TV. The real story didn't come out until my sister went on Howard Stern and started blasting, you know, the animal organizations that animals were dying down there because no one wanted. People wanted the donations. They wanted a fluff piece. So that's one and two. When we're working like with Willie Nelson and these other generous stars with the wild horses and trying to expose what's going on. We're going up against the Bureau Land Management, or even when we debated Wyoming State um, Representative uh, Sue Wallace, we're going up against appointed uh, government officials that people look at as if they are the advocate or the spokesperson for, you know, these animals. When they have an agenda, they're actually merging with, you know, the big... Big government is merging with big business and becoming your a monopoly. Government is a federal agency that is government. It is government that actually sides with cattlemen or foreign businesses to make a profit off of your taxes for an overseas Uh, For an overseas profit, that doesn't benefit the U.S. Lou, what's interesting about this is that when we're doing the media, for some Mm -hmm. odd reason, we're getting censored on the truth. And they look at the Bureau of Land Management, for instance, as the spokesperson for unbiased truth, which Mm -hmm. it is not. They've got an agenda. They were, you know, created originally to eradicate the horses and they're under this myth that they're protecting and trying to, you know, gather the horses for adoption when they have an ulterior motive. That's not the case.
1: So you know, whatsoever. Well, it's a cloak and dagger situation. They, they'll show you what you, what they want you to see, but they're doing something else behind the scenes.
6: Well, yeah, but it's, as my sister said, because there is business going on, but... And it, we can keep it simple here, and that is especially because it's election year, these poor people doing petitions, representatives throw them out. That's such a waste. Get on the phone, faxes, go to your local townhouse meetings. Talk to your representatives. Don't look for animal lovers. Look for hoary politicians that want your vote and want to hear what you want. Because just 20 calls to D.C. or your representatives represents a lot to um, per day, let's say, to a representative that may be pro horse slaughter, and then maybe you know change, or maybe they want to have a reputation of having a no kill shelter and be the first in that city, like in in Austin. They have you know Nathan worked with this guy Ryan Clinton on Pets Alive um, in Austin, and it, 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 there's proof that a shelter can turn no kill, and it's it's wonderful. It made to history, stuff like that. It made history. It did. But we can, since it's election year, we can put this out there. As long as taxes is, pay, are, is our paying uh, government, you know. Uh, our grammar sucks.
3: Okay, what, whatever. As long as
6: taxes are being, is paying out, you can know that it's your constitutional right to say no, because that's mm-hmm. that's what government has, you know, that to say no. And the biggest killer of animals is, to me, the government, because right now they're killing wolves to help the cattlemen. The rich cattlemen can take care of themselves. For a profit, we'll never see. And so even if you hate wolves, shelter pets, and uh, horses, Horses. I would just be saying, you know, I don't want my taxes paying for this. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, just tell the representatives what you want. It's very easy. You just call the White House switchboard and start dictating what you want or go to your local townhouse meetings and talk to your local yeah, people are under the, People are under the impression that Obama gave more work and jobs. That's what I keep seeing on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. When he lifted the uh, ban on horse slaughter by allowing USDA to make inspections with our tax dollars, but what's happening, we don't see any of the profit. We just no. pay for those inspections. So it doesn't matter The Agricultural Department, as long as government have their hands in it, they are hiding behind business. And, I, you know, as a bleeding-heart liberal, I'm kind of changing my mind here when it comes to animals, and I want to stay independent. Or we Wait call a minute. All- You're
0: bleeding-heart
6: hardly. No, I know. I Well, the thing is is that I am a green tea party. I want government to stay out of my, unless they're paying for my animal charities, they've done such a horrible job. And every time they subsidize some type of, we saw this with cilantro, some type of green job, they just, they're, it doesn't work. It's better to just have uh, charities from free enterprise, you know, and just let me pay for my own charities and, you know, just let my taxes Go to beliefs that I want. And I as long as I'm paying taxes, I don't want them to kill an endangered species. Do you know right now, they are, taxes is actually allowing uh, ranchers to gas the dens of p- baby wolves in Montana, Idaho, that area, to save the uh, uh, cattlemen's uh, cows. And so they're already endangered. So they're breaking that law of endangered species. To help those guys who are already wealthy with our money. And so people should be outraged on this. So I think there just needs to be restructure of, and we can do it ourselves. But first of all, taking accountability. Stop blaming other people. Let's start taking accountability ourselves and not be blaming victims and say how awful people are. No, we're all in this together. And we can make a change. Let's change the system. Let's get different policies going because we're doing the same thing over and over. Let's talk to our representatives. It's election year. They want to hear what we want. We can even create laws, you know, protest, do whatever we want because these guys want to get voted. They want to have an image. You know, well, we don't have to.
1: The, the reality is is that, you know, whether someone is for or against the uh I'm going to call it the extermination because that's what it is. That's what they're doing, the extermination of these animals, you know, these wild animals, whether they're for it or against it. You know, why would anyone want their tax dollars to go for it? Exactly. And can I tell you something? But but those tax dollars can go for education, can go for something else that's positive. Uh, Killing animals is not, not so much of a positive thing in my eyes.
6: No, but let me tell you how it first started. Henry Berg in 1866 came over here, a very wealthy Russian, and saw a horse get beat, so he made the SPCA. And the um, when he and you know when he saw uh, he wanted rights for the animals when he saw animal control, who was run by the health department, for safety reasons of dead animals or dog bites from people. Uh, killing dogs, and they did what was called management by death, which is what the Nazis did. And they have this, you know, that native turn the plant that lived on the land owns the land. They do that with the feral cats and feral horses, which is so ridiculous. They don't take into consideration that we're the biggest ferals. Um, But it's just another way to do the Sophie's choice of eradicating one species over another when we should just embrace life and not do this management by death whatsoever. But when he saw that the uh, animal control were killing these animals, he made the ASPCA. The problem is, is that the ASPCA fought animal control saying, let's not kill them, let's adopt them out. When he died, the ASPCA joined up with animal control. So we've never gotten away from that line of thought that we have to manage by death. And we don't. We can do with what Henry Burke, he'd be rolling in his grave, originally wanted, and that is that every life is precious and that we can all try, and human beings are wonderful in the way that their heart is there. They want to help. I, I've seen well, you it. saw that with Michael Vick. So. Absolutely. You see it over and over. You saw it with here in California with Prop you know, prop A doesn't pass, but Prop 2 does. Why? Because everybody loves animals. That's across the board. There's more dog and cat owners than there are parents. We in mm-hmm. fact Geraldo said with Vic he would have been better off as a child molester. So why are we doing this thing of blaming people of how awful they are and allowing this justification to kill animals? I think we should take it off the table and start a new movement where we embrace life and think of different mm-hmm. options. You know? Well, well, I mean Jordan- a lot of
3: people
1: well, yeah, go ahead. Ask, uh, Yeah, I sure. want you to join the conversation. Sure. You're yeah. cl- <laughs> good you're, luck. Good uh, luck, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, they
3: National know that I have learned Geographic my
7: lesson Geographic. long ago. So go ahead. By the oh, way,
3: it's Doppler,
7: Jordan Shaw.
1: Jordan Shaw, National Geographic. No, join the conversation. What? What's new? Well, what what? Let me
7: Let me jump in with uh, with regard to Shane's comment. I think that in the scheme of things, it's really hard to. Stop the kill. I'm, I'm not condoning this, but I think it's very hard once you set things out of balance to uh, to balance things again um, with regard to managing big game animals. So I don't think that everyone is necessarily um, necessarily has the same intention of, of, of extirpating everything. I think that once uh, once you allow, for example, a carnivore to uh, Decimate a population of hoofstock, say wolves and moose um, and and we've jumped in and, and intervened. We create problems, and so unfortunately, we have to go back there go back in and do something again i 'm not condoning it by any means I just no 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 can I,
6: created... can I interject because i 'll give ahead. you the best example. And that is we have an overpopulation of coyotes. Why? Because our wolves are endangered. So, but we're allowed to also go, by the way, animals procreate that are wild according to their food source. So they manage their own popular. We jump in, who's the, the, the gluttons, at the top of the food chain, and we ruin it. And we justify it by going in because of our indulgences of having too much. We eat too much salmon and fish, so we go kill the seals. You know, to to make up for our consumption of fish, yes, or dolphins, or whatever. The thing is, is that it is ridiculous when we're at the top of that food chain uh, to actually condone any type of killing, because nature will balance itself out by itself. That is why nature put this thing of as the, an animal will only procreate according to its food source. What a better way to manage. Population than that.
7: Well, I, I certainly I certainly agree with that, Shane. But I would add that there are some synergistic activities going on where you have multiple factors coming into play. I'll give you an example: uh, El Nino, which is a, a, a tropical weather pattern in the Pacific that's uh, intermittent. Um, if you if you combine that with the 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 effects of climate change, and I'm 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 this is hypothetical um you' you're gonna you're gonna create problems that I think it's very hard for humans to uh uh basically uh fix so on on their own well can uh, if they I say
3: something let, let, let with that? Fix
7: on its own they have to go in and unfortunately they they may have to intervene Dr. Uh, Jordan, yes,
6: what would ahead. you say that was <laughs> our biggest problem that's going to ruin the planet? And nature has its own way of balancing itself out. It's human population. There we would you know. never dream of that with humans, to manage the populace by – I mean, the Nazis tried that. And by the way, it's not working. The more we're killing, the more we got to kill. So killing or management by death, which did not work with the Nazis because, thank God, the Jewish community is still here, um, it just can't work that way. We have to figure out other ways – we are world and many nations, and we need to learn to exist and appreciate life and, and, and migration and everything that comes with it. Because whether it's El Nino or whatever it may be, we are the biggest invaders. And since we've accommodated ourselves very well, we can do the same with nature and just look at each other from every species as a world without imperializing them, as a world and many nations that need to learn to coexist with each other and not picking one species over another to, to to uh, you know, like it's Sophie's choice. No, to uh, have gosh, when, when we're looking at other species and saying, wow, they're overpopulated, that's like an obese person looking at someone that's 10 pounds overweight saying, you're really fat, you know, or something. And by the way, When people talk about pet overpopulation, if only 2%, for instance, in Los Angeles, if 2% of the population went out to get a shelter pet, there would be no pets in the shelter. Yeah, really. No one's ever given me the real numbers except to prove that there's no pet overpopulation. That is such an old, dated justification of killing.
7: Well, I also also think that if if we go back to the event, we we headed off. We went we went to the other night uh, for the the feral cat uh, problem, or right uh, with the cat alliance program. Straight cat I alliance
6: that, event. Straight yeah. cat
7: alliance. I think that um, I think that's a perfect example. If you look at the cats that we've introduced to to various continents, where, to continents like Australia, where they didn't exist prior. Um, you know, that's something that. Oh can't yes, I, I'm glad you're bringing so I, this I'm up. Agreeing, a, I agree with you. I think right. we can't relinquish responsibility. Once we introduce a cat, the population, say, becomes feral, um, then uh, we we need to go in and do. We, we need we need to to handle the situation. And I think yes, that it's inappropriate to just exterminate and extirpate uh population. Absolutely, well, even but
6: people are forgetting it that it doesn't work. Let me give you an example. Cats are not the best bird hunters, opposed to what people say. Their urine is, is something that keeps rats away. What breeds the fastest and gives the most diseases? Rats. They have actually saved us. And every time we demonize cats, it doesn't matter where in the world, we have gotten the worst plagues that almost killed out human species. And by the way, when you demonize cats, you've also gotten rid of, guess what, tree rats, which can wipe out species of birds. So where this fallacy is that they're the worst for no, birds. No, you can get rid of
3: them. What happens is that
6: you imbalance it, and the tree rats become overpopulated. There's nothing you get wrong rid with, with cat cats. neuter and return. That is the but most humane, I, successful way of bringing down the number. Yes.
1: I, I, th- I, <laughs> I think since the, the, the beginning of, uh, of time, um, I'll even go to the history of the United States, From the time that the settlers came here, you know, they were building, building and and ripping down trees and building and growing and forcing certain species to relocate. So it comes to a point, like right now in Florida, uh, the Alligator Alley, that they're building so much over there. Now the gators are going on people's property. It's called
3: migration,
6: and I'm glad you brought that up and it's no different than we when we migrated from a lot of people say from Africa to the north and we had to learn to use tools in the winter and stuff like that we learn to adapt to our environment and mm-hmm. all animals do that and that's why we need to co- coexist to to whatever comes into our our system dogs and cats are here because of us so it's not okay. our responsibility to kill them it's our responsibility to new to return them, that's that's when, a, a when, good thing to when do. When an alligator or a mountain liar is in your backyard, I want to tell that person yeah. which, their backyard as well. And it's, yeah. it's something that we, we've got hey, to realize. Right. 30 years, this planet will not even have any food sources. We are going to have to be cannibalists to eat each other. And by the way, I want to start a new thing where you donate a body. So for <laughs> for those well, who think that pet food is is it it, it does seem like a paradox here you kill farm animals for a pet and so a lot of people don't believe in that although they're cannibal you know cannibalist I con- think that carnivore, should, carnivore yeah carnivores. we Jesus. should be able to um. We should be able to donate our body back to the planet Since we're at the food, top of the food chain But the biggest problem here is overpopulation that's Wow, that, up our that does sound like a bleeding heart literal
3: <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's such a no, serious in
6: and, and, and she opinions <laughs> aren't necessarily Shane's opinions Okay, go ahead Well, on. Just cause you look well like I am me. anti-big government Because of all the <laughs> They are the number one killers of wolves, horses, and shelter pets But we are starting what's called the Green Tea um, Diploradicals, which is a a, a party that is for the real 99%ers, and that's the environment and the animals. There's no government there. I want government. I don't trust them out of my life. Um, Basically so that I am able to, you know, stick up for animals. Now they have laws that you can't even protest for the animals because they'll call you an animal terrorist. And I want to be able to spend my money on killing animals with taxes, but on charities that that will help. Best friends, by the way. Did Wait, the you want to spend money? You said that backwards. You don't want, I want to money spend money killing. my money, not taxes, my own money, uh, t- towards charities. Right, you not know, killing animals.
1: No. Well, let, let me ask you guys of something. Of, uh, I'm going to ask your opinion, everyone, including Jordan. So I'm gonna, you have to, you need you're gonna get a voice here, my man. Uh, but you know, but we're in an election year, okay? You have uh, and, and I, I'm not. I really don't want to get political, but you have you know two men. Uh, you have Mitt Romney. You have uh, Barack Obama, which is our current president, uh, running for office now. In, in your opinion, you know, do you do you think that one or the other would be, I, I guess, be more uh, appropriate? Uh, um, I, well, more environmentally appropriate, friendly?
3: so
1: yeah. Well, environmentally friendly, but also uh, to do more uh, for animal causes and things of that nature. I'm just curious on your opinion because you guys are in the trenches with this.
6: Well, I certainly have an opinion for that. But okay, ahead, yeah, George. but
7: no. Let's just well, hear, Jordan. I don't want to hear your sis. Go ahead. Okay.
3: Well,
7: <laughs> I think that um, you know, I it's, I look at things this way. We We have concern for populations and we have concern for individual animal welfare. And I think that if you consider the population perspective, uh, you want the more environmentally inclined uh, to be in office. Um, And that I think that that would be uh, your, your less than favorite right now. That would probably be Obama.
6: Well, can I interject,
7: please? Sure, sure.
6: How can that be true? And this is what I'm asking these people, these environmentalists. Here's a new, a new problem to that equation. When your biggest killer, example, BLM, is killing wolves in an endangered species, and Obama's administration, Salazar, Reed, Senator Reed, And uh, Nancy Pelosi, all these people that are liberal are behind this. Why? Because it's taxes. It has nothing to do with environmental. People go by, you know, their favorite words, special interest group. They go by what will help their politics. Because right now people are into jobs, the economy, things like that. So even if you hate horses or wolves, I would go with a guy that doesn't – that doesn't that wants to cut taxes because that's going to be the first thing that's a, a going to be cut. A very good example. A very good example. I'm not going to say I'm not on either their side. They, uh, uh, but uh, Obama had me, you know, just like the movie said in the very beginning, because he said I was a mutt for the underdog, and he's you know pro horse slaughter ban and all this other stuff. Boy, did he do the switch around on on all of that. So, yes, the left is supposed to be behind that, but they are no better than the right, no. and they go with As a matter of fact, whoever, can I talk about animal rights? Whoever greases their pockets. Hang on here. He promised he campaigned to go against the Patriot Act. In May, he re-signed it, put it on steroids, which, by the way, was the birth of the Animal Enterprise Terrorism Act, which makes all... All animal activists, terrorists by that bill, oh. protecting businesses that have animals from any any type of protest, so it 's protecting yeah. business over bodies, so yeah. he not only did that, he added the National Defense Authorization Act that gives us a bill of the ag gaG bill all these bills that don 't allow not only us for us to not protect the animals but not to protect the food
1: inspector can I, can I, can I ask you a question you know because again well, i 'm going to go back to you know when I had Chris Rose on the show, when because I know when he he's
6: phenomenal. Uh, we they, love him.
1: Yeah, he, he, he's he's great. And but I know when he got arrested, and we were talking about it. <laughs> I knew him back then. They, they, yeah, they were. But they were they were passing a law to if you interfered with uh, a pet owner's uh, store or something like that, that you can get arrested and you can be uh, charged with yeah, terrorism. Yeah, that's it. Okay, now, that's but now my animal question, animal enterprise effect. Sure Okay, animal enterprise terrorism act. All right, now my question Right, but my question is this. Okay. So there's a law that if you are trying to bring attention yes, or save an animal un- and that you get law, but yes. but, but, hey, but you you get penalized for that. But what about the people that are actually doing bad things to these animals, you know? Doesn't matter happens.
6: they are by law yeah, they are by the way, they have no rights
1: because right, the USDA,
6: another lovely department, does not allow them to be just uh, commodities for that business. So they have no rights. You have no right to protect it. And you're interfering. If you, What Oprah did with the mad cow disease by the AETA, which was uh, done in 1996, she would be called a... Uh, domestic terrorists of the United States on top of KKK bombers and U- Una bombers. That is ridiculous.
1: That's and insanity. That's It insanity. was only
6: Diane Feinstein that introduced that bill.
1: Well, you know, you know, what's funny, and, I, and I'll say this real quick. Uh, I remember one day I was I had the TV on and Family Guy was on, and there was this, this. I don't watch it usually. It was just on TV. I love that. And and then you had uh, the dog. I don't know what the dog's name. Brian. He, he, I yeah, saw right, that. right. Right. <laughs> you know. He ran over another dog. He was freaking out. He said, "I kill someone, kill someone." He was freaking out that old dog, was that the and all. He someone, but he said, "He said, oh, he said I murdered somebody. He said, oh my God, you know, you're gonna get arrested. This and that." He said, "Who did you murder?" I said, "Oh, I murdered the the dog." He said, "I don't worry about it. You'll be okay. There's no law against that." You know, I mean, the reality is that there's not enough protection for the animals. Okay. There uh, isn't, but that, you know what I'm
6: finding out, which is really sad, is that. It seems like wherever there's a problem there's a business. That people mm-hmm. want to continue. And a lot of people Hey this listen, about I went through this with a Luca Magnetic case. So the kitten killer yeah. turn cannibal murder. No one heard me, no one cared, no one helped me. You know, I was alone with a bunch of anonymous kids on Facebook and Rescue Inc. did step up, you know, and give a reward day one and even Last Chance for Animals verified that the video of this Why? was real when the other said yeah, it was fake and all uh, Suffocating the, the kittens where all the other organizations uh, said that they were let, let, let me
1: let me just let me just say something I'll interrupt you for a second you mentioned okay. rescue inc last chance for animals rescuing let me just say this two great organizations i've met them both uh rescue yes, Inc. Wonderful. great guys there you know Chris oh, and was, Yeah, and then I, I just wanted to throw that in there
6: okay Okay, great. I yeah, finish. I know. Well, I'm so proud of my sister because we were actually lobbying for a bill, ironically, uh, against violence of animals on the Internet, November 2010, H.R. 5566. And guess who was fighting for us? A crush they, video. It's video.
3: You know yeah, the Christ video, video bills.
6: ACLU was, they were fighting us to say it's the First Amendment. They did not, they wanted violence on there. They didn't care. Um, so we, Again, we had no big, huge uh, bulldozer corporation behind us helping us finance press or anything to, for these voices of these animals that were cruelly, um, you know, tortured on videos for entertainment. So we really try to get that going. But I was a video came to my sister, and I'm so proud of her. It was uh, December with, 2010. Yes, and yeah, it,
3: 2010.
6: Go ahead, sir. It was called A Boy and Two Kittens, and it was about this boy that was suffocating these kittens very sadistically with a vacuum and a plastic bag, and hundreds of people came towards me, what can we do, you know, and everything, so I went to all the animal organizations, all of them, and surprisingly, they said, no, We already saw that, they're old, they're fake, Rescue Week was the only one. Day one, that right away put up a reward, $2,500, that went to 5000 and started investigation. And then there was a Facebook group created by this military guy, Ryan Boyle. And he created the most important secret Facebook group called Youthful Individuals. And there's 26 of us, are people that specialized in finding this kitten killer. And so it was January 11th where we finally, it was a process of going through, you know, dissecting each picture, everything about this boy and the kittens. And there was three videos of him killing kittens with a snake and drowning the other. But um, when we finally found his name, one of my jobs like in the beginning I took it to Dina Stapleton of the examiner for the reward and that helped drive the tips into the Facebook group where um useful individuals found the name. We found the name Luca Magnetta and I went to negotiation is over January eleventh and it was breaking news that this guy was the kitten killer and he went, that was the first time he ever sought a lawyer you know, with anything, um, he panicked when he saw that. And, uh, but with authorities, it was really frustrating because he was in Canada. And even my friends down here were friends with the FBI and the district attorney and the LAPD threat management, everyone. And uh, we even had a plan with Rescue Inc. It was their idea to lure Luca Magneto, who was a porn, a wannabe porn guy, to lure him down here to Hollywood because it would have been easier to arrest him, you know, than there in Canada. It wasn't much that we can do, although, you know, we did contact, um, you know, authorities that we knew up there. My sister's husband is Ken Wild, the actor from Wise Guy. And he shot much a wise guy up in Canada and he played mm-hmm. an FBI agent. So a lot of the law enforcement both here and in Canada are big fans. So we got a lot of favorites, you know, and contacts and connections and everything. But it took literally Scotland Yard saying after he was killing all these kittens. Uh, where are the huge international animal organizations that know how to catch this guy that's going, ha-ha, try to catch me. I mean, the guy was so brave, and he knew that he just wasn't going to get caught until the rest of them got on it. But it was a little bit late, you know. L- lots more animals getting killed and then a person in the most horrific way that you can imagine.
1: But well, um,
3: unfortunately, that. yeah, it's sad.
1: Yeah, that, that's sad. And I think that anyone... And I said it uh, in, in earlier in the, in the first segment that anyone that can, that has it in them to harm an animal, my God, you know, you know, yeah. the next step is children, women, the elderly. You know, it doesn't stop; it's a pattern. But you, know, you, know you look what? at, see,
3: I
6: really objectively looked at this, Lou, because while I was right. doing this, you have people that feel like you, and then I heard a lot. They're only kids, especially cats. And by the way, violence is about control. It's not about the violence. So the least controlled animal is a cat. That's why they're the most tortured and killed. But we've got to take animals out of the equation. And just like a lot of killers like, like to start fires, it's not about fires and it's not about animals. It's about profiling them as addicts that have a thirst for violent crimes that always escalate into dangerous of uh, criminal behavior, they're like serial freaks. killing, et cetera. Yeah. Yes, they're oh. control freaks that have a thirst to controlling something live. So that's I what had they an think. idea. I had an idea of registering them like child molesters or pedophiles, you know, or sex offenders, because this way the public can work with authorities, you know, instead of being vigilantes off on their own or the authorities that are way over, you know, with, you know, real murders and everything. So we can keep a watchful eye on anyone well, that starts abusing animals as knowing it will escalate.
1: Well well I'll tell you this much that to do something like that, you know, I think that the authorities or, or the government uh they have to pass some sort of law where they can you know people can actually get arrested for abusing animals. You know, once you do that, that that basically it opens up the door for a lot of things that uh, can transpire. Okay, uh, with you know, I mean, they have an app for for seeing where child molesters are. Okay, where they can do that for uh, for animal abusers. So hopefully, you know, something happens but to make that fine. happen.
6: I mean, uh, Kenny helped with this case with this little kitten that was blown oh. on the highway and, um I think, it was and Minnesota. But
1: mm-hmm. well, um, you, you know, I don't know what I what I, to, what I what oh, I what I have sorry, to do right ahead. now because we, no we're gonna we're running out of time. All right, what oh, I want to do, and I I I would love to go into everything, but we're gonna run out of time. Do me a favor, just let our listeners know how they can find out about you guys and and follow your causes and get involved. Let's do that. Yeah, please the show. join
6: our. Thank you. Join our Facebook page, the Barbie Twins, and then come to Twitter at Barbie twi- Barbie underscore Twins. Um. And that's where we are getting a new set of people. We're getting pretty successful with adoptions there, which is wonderful, and just getting the word out to new people. I love Twitter, in that sense. And um, Jordan and I, and I
1: urge I urge the listeners to go and definitely uh, follow you guys for sure, and go on your side, thank Jordan.
7: You. Oh, network yeah. does ha- help. Yeah, I would uh, say that you're welcome to join me on my Facebook page, Jordan show Shaw, um, and then also. Uh, You can uh, look up the webpage, uh, Wildlife SOS, which is the organization that I'm currently involved with. And they're based out of India and do work with companion animals and wildlife. And they're probably actually the largest rescue center in South Asia.
1: Okay, guys, thank you for coming on the show. We've run out of time. Thank you. And we'll have you. you back on. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Initiating
7: shutdown
1: sequence.
3: You're listening to Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written, so let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.